Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. Hi everybody, it's Liam Naden here. Welcome back to this week's podcast episode. And this week we're talking about what to do if your husband or wife is having an affair. Really interesting subject and something that I come across a lot. People are very concerned when they're in this situation. They really don't know what to do. So if you're in this situation, I think you'll find, well I hope you'll find the information really valuable that we're going to share. Just before we start though, there's a couple of things I want to mention. Firstly, I really apologise. It seems that a lot of people last week had trouble listening to our episode last week. And I'm really sorry for that. We had a bit of a technical issue which meant a lot of people couldn't get on and listen to it. But it's all solved now. That's the great news. So if you would like to listen to last week's episode, episode 16, and you didn't get the chance because you couldn't get on onto it or you couldn't download it. It's all all there for you right now. And the other thing, I, now I really want to say this to everybody out there who's listening who's really struggling with their marriage. And the thing is, I've been getting some great feedback to the podcast and I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that because obviously the message I'm trying to share is it is getting out there and it is helping people and that's really what I want. But the big problem with these podcasts, and as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm totally committed to sharing this information with you, but, but there's only so much I can do in a podcast. It's really just a snapshot. It's really just to give you a few little ideas to help you move in the right direction. But because it's a limited amount of time, I can't really go into it in the depth that I'd really like to be able to do. So what I'm saying is, if you're really serious about saving your marriage, and, and if you really want to solve the problems once and for all, and create a fantastic relationship with your husband or your wife, and really really set yourself up for the rest of your life to have, have a phenomenal relationship, I'd really, really encourage you to have a look at doing my Save Your Marriage program. Now this is a 30-day program, and I've, I've talked about it before, but But what this does, it really gets right deep into showing you exactly what's going on in your marriage and what you've been doing wrong, probably without knowing it, and what are the right things to do. And it's all laid out in a very step-by-step process. So at the end of the time that you, you work through it, you're going to have a completely different relationship, a different marriage, and you're going to have a much greater understanding of how your marriage is made up, how you're made up, how your spouse is made up, and how you can put all those things together to really make things fly, really think, make things work and create a phenomenal relationship. And included in that is some of my own uh, personal help and guidance. You, I, you, there's the option there, the opportunity there for me to input with you personally and, and really help you get things sorted because every marriage is different so you'd need you need to dig deep into what's going on in your marriage and what your unique challenges are in your marriage and really deal with those. So, I mean, it, even though I'm saying it myself, I, I know this is a bit of a plug here, but it's a, it's a very powerful program. It combines 
everything I know, everything I've seen and brought together. And I honestly believe it's the most powerful marriage transformation program out there. And already it's been, I've had some wonderful reports of some amazing results people have got where they've really managed to turn things around from, from really what were quite hopeless or seemed to be quite hopeless situations. So please, if you're struggling, have a look at that and join me on the Save Your Marriage program. It's not that expensive. It's a fraction of the cost of even just a, a few sessions with a counsellor. So if you've already tried that and, you, and that hasn't worked for you, then give this a try as well. And of course, if you're looking at divorce, then you know that's going to be a very expensive exercise. So you can find out all the details about that program at my website, liamnaden.com slash program, P-R-O-G-R-A-M. Have a look at that and join me on it and let me help you personally to really sort out your issues. Okay, enough of a plug. So we're going to get into the podcast and we're talking about, of course, what to do if your husband or wife is having an affair. So if you are in that situation, what do you do? You're probably confused, you're probably frustrated and feeling terrible. So you need to know what to do. And when I talk about an affair, I also want to include in this conversation what we call an emotional an emotional affair. So it could be that your husband and wife, they're not actually physically having an affair with someone, but they're having what we call an emotional affair. And that's where they're getting more involved than they should be, perhaps, with somebody else of the opposite sex. And that could be through texting someone or chatting online or even on Facebook. could be somebody at the office that they're chatting to or over the phone. But if you're in that situation, you'll know what I mean. It's almost like they're giving too much undue attention to another person. And that's what we sometimes call an emotional affair. And if you're in that situation, of course, you might be afraid that they're going to actually move on to a physical affair. So whatever the situation for you, if your husband or wife is actually having an affair, if they're having too much contact, that more than you think is appropriate with someone from the opposite sex, or is therefore what we call having an emotional affair perhaps, or even if you're just concerned that you think there's the seeds there somehow that they might actually go and have an affair, that the temptation might arise in the future. If you're in any of those situations, then I think you're going to find the information that I want to share with you today really useful. Because whatever the situation, if you're in any of those situations that I've described, you'll know that an affair is very, very destructive. And not only for your marriage, but for you personally. You're probably feeling at a bit of a low ebb and very confused about things. So you'll know it's very destructive. So as I say, what I want to do in this podcast is I want to give you some ideas of what you can do to cope with and hopefully end an affair that your spouse is having or and perhaps in danger of having and show you how to how you can use that to start to rebuild your marriage again as well now just a couple of things to point out before we get into the nuts and bolts here <laughs> and the first thing is actually and this is quite surprising in some ways but affairs are actually very common in fact some reports that i've read suggest that up to a half of married men and a half and sorry and a third of married women have had at least one affair during the course of their marriage, which is, quite, which is actually a very high percentage. But if you actually include emotional affairs, 
such as people who aren't actually physically having an affair with somebody but they're, they're more familiar than they should be, then I'm sure you'd probably agree that the statistics would be even much higher than that. So affairs are very common. It's not at all uncommon for one or other person in a marriage to become interested and involved in some way with another person outside the marriage. So that's the first thing. But the other thing, the second thing, and it might not be of much comfort to you to know this, but it is. it does seem to be true from the research that only a very small percentage of affairs ever become long-term relationships. Most of them seem to fizzle out very, very quickly. Now that suggests a couple of things. It suggests that you have a very good chance of saving and healing your marriage, but you need to do two things to do that. Firstly, you need to be able to weather the storm, as it were, or last the distance, and keep your marriage together long enough, long enough for the affair to fizzle out. That's the first thing. And the second thing is you have to learn how to cope with and really forgive your spouse for having an affair once the affair is ended. So if you know that few affairs last and that chances are that your spouse's affair, your husband or wife's affair, um, whatever they're doing, chances are that it's not going to last. But you, you need to find ways firstly to cope with it while it's going on and secondly when it ends you need to find a way to really deal with how you're going to forgive your your spouse for actually having an affair in the first place and get your marriage back on track. Now just about these two things I actually covered the second one in the previous podcast that was all about uh, how to forgive your spouse for an affair. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that one if you get a chance and if you haven't already. But in this, in this podcast, in addition to showing you ways to cope with the situation, which is like weathering the storm, I don't just want to give you ways to, to just stand by and watch, as it were, but I want to take it a step further and I want to show you things that you can actually do that can make a major difference in actually hastening the end of the affair. So this is, if you like, you can be proactive in causing or allowing or or really helping to make that affair end, which I'm sure is probably what you want to do. You don't want to just stand by and watch and wait for it to end. You want to see if there's something that you can do to stop it. So that's what we're going to cover as well. All right, let's just talk a little bit about why an affair is so destructive. Because I mentioned right at the beginning that affairs are very destructive. And it's certainly something I see all the time. I see the, the devastating effect an affair has on a marriage. But I'm sh and I'm sure if you're in that situation, you will feel that it's very destructive. But why is an affair so destructive? Well, I think there are there is quite a few reasons, actually, and I just want to outline a few and see, perhaps, if you can relate to any of these, or all of these, probably. First one is an affair really destroys the trust in a marriage. I'm sure you'd agree with that. You know, somebody you trust with everything in your life, all of a sudden, they're doing things that you don't know about, you're not comfortable with, you don't approve of, and it's it's inevitable that your feelings of trust are going to be severely undermined by your spouse suddenly having an affair with somebody. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that an affair also destroys intimacy. And when you think about it, for most people, the thought of their husband or their wife sharing things with someone else that they should be, feel should really only be shared with them, that's a very, very difficult thing to do. And when I say sharing other things, obviously there's the sexual intimacy 
that you know most people feel should be reserved for their marriage but there's also the emotional intimacy that you can imagine or know that your spouse is sharing with someone else other than you so that both of those things have a, have a very negative effect on the intimacy in your own marriage the third thing is that an affair actually harms your own sense of value as a person and also your sense of your own attractiveness and you know you, you may well be saying to yourself things like what's wrong with me what am I doing wrong am I not good enough for them am I not enough for them so it, it, you begin to question how good you are as a person how how worthwhile you are as a person and how attractive you are so that's another thing that's very destructive the fourth thing which is quite similar is actually it creates guilt as well because people start to ask themselves my husband or my wife is having an affair perhaps it's my fault what have I done to cause them to want them to be with someone else am I not good enough so that that whole guilt thing is another big thing that is quite destructive about an affair the fifth thing is that it shuts down the communication between you and your spouse because if all of a sudden when you know that your spouse is involved with someone else it's as if you feel that you're no longer on the same page as they are you no longer have the same agenda in your life and even you, you no longer really have the same purpose which is you know up until now or up until the point of the affair you've probably just assumed or taken for granted that you're working together for a common purpose and creating a loving life together but all of that goes when you become aware that your spouse is now involved with someone else so the whole area of communication you feel no longer the need or the desire to communicate with them in the way you did so communication very often and usually shuts down when an affair is going on the sixth thing that's very destructive about an affair is that it makes you feel helpless and when you think about it it's your spouse who's having the affair and they really are the only one who can stop it so it can be very stressful when you feel there's nothing that you can do you're still you, you really feel like you're just standing by the sidelines and, and you can't do anything and I guess you know when you think about it and we'll talk about this a bit later in terms of coming up with a solution but the thing to be aware of is obviously it's their decision and this can make you feel helpless but it can also empower you in a different way but because it's their decision you really can't do anything directly about it I mean you know you can't exactly punish them for them for it you can't lock them in their room or you know tell them they can't have dinner or something you can't do, you can't do anything to punish them in an, an attempt to make them stop so that makes you feel very helpless and of course the other thing that an affair creates is bitterness and resentment and the interesting thing is it's not only you if you like the victim of your husband or wife having an affair who, who is going to feel bitterness and resentment but sometimes even your spouse might feel that as well they might feel bitter and resentful and feel that I've and I've heard this that you know they were almost forced to have an affair because of the problems in their marriage and they feel bitter and resentful for that and probably guilty as well so that's one thing and one of the biggest things one of the most destructive things about an affair that I've seen is it has a negative effect on every other area of your life isn't it and if you listen to my podcast you'll know I firmly believe that your marriage your relationship has the greatest impact on your happiness than anything else in your life 
So if the things are going wrong there, then it's going to affect your health. You're going to be under stress. Your business or your career is probably going to be affected as well. And I've seen people who've been almost paralyzed when in, in making decisions. Their ability to make decisions just disappears and their productivity really drops as well. And it can also affect your relationships with other people. It can make you withdrawn or irritable. It can be with your children or your friends or your, your extended family. But it's going to have a negative effect on every other area of your life, which is why you need to really see whatever you can do to stop it happening and resolve it. Okay, and the biggest problem with all of these effects, I think the, the overriding problem is that what tends to happen is that all of these things, they create an environment in your marriage which is not good. And in fact, it's not only not good, but it's often this environment which just simply drives the two of you further apart. You know, if, if your marriage is not a happy place, if you're not a happy person, and if it's full of all these negative, these negative things, it can actually make your spouse even more want to head away into the arms of another person and also make you more readily want to end the pain by just simply seeking a divorce. So it actually can make things worse if you like. It can set up a cycle of pain and the, and the end more often than not is simply divorce and ending the marriage. But The good news is it doesn't need to be like that and that's what we're going to cover right now. So let's let's really get get into it here. How do you stop your husband or wife from having an affair? Okay, pretty big question. Well, I'm going to give you two sets of ideas here. And the first set is or the first group of ideas is what not to do. If you want to stop your husband or wife from having an affair, there are things you should not do. And they are, in fact, just as important as the things that you should do. Now, the things that you're, you should not do, I'll have to be honest here and say the chances are you're probably doing some, if not all, of these things. And the reason you're doing these things is you probably think they're the right things to do. Chances are you will, you will just think, well, that's the right thing to do. It might have been something you've read somewhere or just intuitively you feel it's the right thing to do. But... I'm sure if you are doing any of these things, I'd be willing to bet they're not really helping. And chances are they'll actually be making things worse. So as I go through these things, just think, am I doing any of these things and are they actually helping or are they making things worse? Alright, so what should you not do if you want to stop your husband or wife from having an affair? Well, the first thing is don't confront them. Alright, don't go up to them and say, um, I... I know you are having an affair and don't gather evidence, don't present it to them and don't, don't be confrontational with them. Don't demand an explanation, don't accuse them of anything. So above all, first step, don't confront them about the affair. That's very important. And you'll see as we a little bit later on why it is so important that you don't do that. Second thing is don't try to make them feel guilty. So don't say things to them like, how could you do this to me? Don't you care about me or our family? Look at what you're doing to the children by having an affair. If we split up, it'll be your fault because you have chosen to have an affair. None of that's going to work. Don't try to make them feel guilty. Okay. Third thing, don't try to discuss it with them. Now, often people, when 
they realise that their spouse is having an affair, they want to talk to them about it, and they feel that by talking about it, they're going to be able to solve the problem that's causing the affair. But that's a little bit like counselling. It's a lot of talk, but, but not necessarily, or I don't believe it's the right approach. And in fact, if you're in this situation, you might have already talked about it with them. And if you have, I'd be willing to bet it hasn't stopped. And why is that? Well, let's face it, they, they already know that what they're doing is wrong. If you've talked to them about the fact they're having an affair, they know it's wrong. In fact, even if you haven't talked to them, they still know that really deep down they should not be having an affair when they're married. But it's not stopping them from doing it, is it? And the reason is the part of their brain that's responsible for their behaviour, for what they do, is not the logical part of their brain. You know, we're driven by our emotions. We're not driven by logic. So we can know what we should and shouldn't do, but we can we still do the opposite. And just an example, think about cigarette smokers. I mean, if you tell a cigarette smoker you shouldn't smoke, they already know that. They they can probably tell you the statistics and the and all of the terrible side effects and the reasons why they shouldn't smoke far more than you, but they still smoke. So it's not about discussing it with them and trying to come up with a logical solution because this is not a logical problem this is an emotional issue so don't try and discuss it with them because it really doesn't do any good the next thing is don't threaten them so don't tell your husband or your wife that you're going to leave or that you'll make sure the children hate them or that you'll that you'll make sure they end up with nothing or that you'll tell all their friends and even their mother and you'll plaster it all over the internet now don't do, don't do any of that because that's only going to make them feel worse about you and make the other person seem more attractive. And that's the opposite of what you want to do and we'll, we'll cover that a bit later. So that's number four, don't threaten them. Number five, don't beg them to stop. So don't plead with them or get tearful or emotional with them and beg them to stop and say, please, can you stop having an affair? If you don't mind me saying, that's pathetic, and it's not not going to get you anywhere. So don't beg them to stop. The next thing is don't demand them to stop. You know, don't say you must stop having an affair. You, if you've already tried that, you will know that it's pretty futile, pretty futile, complete waste of time. Next thing is don't get angry or upset with them about it. Now that's going to be very very difficult to do. I realise that, but when we talk about some of the things you can do. I think you'll see that you don't need to get angry and upset because the problem with being angry and upset is that you feel bad. And one of the keys to life is to figure out not to how to not feel bad, how to feel good. So we don't want you to be angry or upset with them about it and it doesn't do any good anyway. Okay. Now the effect of all of these things and, and why I'm saying don't do any of these things is because if you do any of these things, what you're actually doing is you're making you and your marriage even less attractive than they already are, and by default the other situation even more attractive. And we'll talk about this shortly, but one of the main reasons that your spouse is having an affair is because there are things that are not attractive, that he's, he or she is not finding attractive in your marriage. So you don't want to make your marriage even less attractive, and you don't want to make yourself even less attractive. Now, if, I think you th if you think about all of the things I've talked about, none of them are pleasant, none of them are positive, and they're just simply not attractive. So doing those things is the opposite of what you want to do. And you want to make it your spouse's choice and decision to end the affair. It's got to be a decision of their own free will. And they're only going to do that if they can see that 
being with you is more attractive than not being with you. So don't do any of those things. Alright, so enough of the negative, so what should you do? And I hope you're taking a few notes here, by the way. Um, and the reason I do this in podcast form is that you can listen to it over and over again. And I know some people actually uh, download it onto their MP3 player and they, and they play these recordings when they're driving or when they're going for a run or something like that. And that's what I think is the true value. Rather than in a book form, the power of a podcast is you can listen to it wherever and whenever you want. So, but I hope you're taking a few notes as well. Alright, so here's, here are the things that you should do if your wife is having an affair. This is what you should do. The first thing, and this is very, very important, is to understand why the affair is really happening. Now you might think there are lots of reasons. You might think, well, the, the other person's better looking than I am. Or, you know, we've had a lot of pressure on our marriage lately and, and you know, financial pressures or whatever. And that's why my husband or wife's gone off and had an affair. Or perhaps they just happened to meet someone and it happened by accident. No, there's actually only one reason why your spouse is having an affair. And that's because all of their emotional needs, and I mean all of their emotional needs, are not being met in your marriage. So what does this mean? Well, look, we've all got emotional needs. We all need to feel good. Things like intimacy, trust, safety... We're built in, we're wired to seek to feel good. And that's that's a good thing, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree. But if we don't feel good in our marriage or in our relationship, in other words, these emotional needs aren't being met, we're going to look elsewhere. And it's it's simply a subconscious, almost like a biological wiring, that we're going to look elsewhere to have those needs met. So that's really the only reason, and you need to understand that fully, that the only reason your spouse is having an affair is because their emotional needs are not being met. Okay, the second thing you need to do is to decide if you really do want to save your marriage. Now, this it might, it might sound a bit basic here, but, but many people I've discovered haven't made this decision, and they're not really sure. So you've got to be really honest with yourself and say, do you want to save your marriage, and are you wanting to save your marriage for the right reasons? In other words, is it for you to be? Do you want to save your marriage so you can be happy together, or are you just feeling guilty, or are there some other reasons why that you've got for wanting to save your marriage? Where even if you do save your marriage, you're not going to be happy anyway. Now this is a very, very deep subject, and it's it's really one of the most important things you'll ever think about when you're in a marriage. And in fact, it's because it's so important. I've actually covered it in complete detail in an earlier podcast, so. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. It's episode number six, which is called Stay or Go, How to Know if Your Marriage is the Right One for You. So have a listen to that because it's vital to decide if you really do want to save your marriage or not. All right, well, assuming you do want to save your marriage, that you've come to that decision, the third thing is you've got to convey your intent to your husband or wife. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, that means that if you've decided that, yes, you definitely do want to save your marriage and it's for the right reasons, that you tell them that that is your intention. So tell them you're not happy about the affair. So obviously you're telling them that you know about the affair. But tell them you're not happy about it and you don't think it's acceptable and that your intention is for it to stop. Now, don't be emotional. Don't plead with them. Don't try and make them feel guilty or bad. In other words, don't do any of the things... 
I talked about earlier about not to do. But be firm, positive and almost matter of fact, just convey to them clearly that the outcome that you intend to have, not that you want, but that you intend to have and that you're determined to get, is that they will end the affair. Okay, so you've just, you've laid, you've laid it out in the open and, and said to them, I value our marriage, I want the affair to end and it was my intention that it is going to end. Right, step number four, and this is a very big one, we talked earlier about emotional needs. So everyone has emotional needs. So what you've got to do is you've got to discover what your spouse's true emotional needs actually are and what aspects of them are missing in your marriage. So you've got to find out what they really want. And the best place to start with this, this is a big thing, but the best place to start is where you know the gaps are in your marriage. And you will know where the gaps are. And in my Save Your Marriage program I have several processes where we go through and you can see very, very clearly where the gaps are. And once you know where the gaps are, then it's quite easy to fill them. But you've, but the real battle is to find out what those gaps are. So you can look at things like your sexual relationship. Is your sex life good? Is it is it exciting and fun? Do you think your your husband or wife is fulfilled? Are you fulfilled in your sex life? Does your husband or wife feel supported by you in their life, or supported in general? And do they have enough adventure, excitement, variety? Is enough going on to keep them stimulated in your relationship? So you've got to find out what their emotional needs are. What's missing in your marriage? That's very, very important. And step number five, once you've found out what their um, true emotional needs are, is you've got to work on fulfilling those emotional needs. And all this is about is about making you more attractive. Because the more you fulfill your spouse's emotional needs, the more attractive you and your relationship will be. And that's the key here. You're not you're not you're you're wanting to draw your spouse back through making being with you more attractive than being with the other person. That's the key. Alright, so how what can you do to work on fulfilling their emotional needs? Well again it's a very big subject, but here's a few ideas for you. You can look at your sexual relationship and, and often unfortunately and when an affair is going on a sexual relationship in a marriage is pretty well non existent. But think about how can you become more attractive? How can you become more sexually attractive to your spouse? And again, in a previous podcast, I've talked about how to become more attractive. So you might want to listen to that one as well. But how can you become more attractive to them physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually? How can you do that? Think of ways. And here's another thing. How can you become a sensational lover? Now, in my experience, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a later podcast where, where I'm going to talk to you a bit, about, a bit more about sexuality and, and becoming a sensational lover, but there are not many sensational lovers in the world. And not that I know that from necessarily personal experience, but, but that is my understanding. <laughs> so how can you become a sensational lover? And that's probably going to require you to do a bit of study. In fact, I really suggest that you do some study. Make it a, make it a project to learn how to become a sensational lover because we're not taught these things in our education. So really work, that's step number five, really work on fulfilling the emotional needs of your spouse. And step number six, which is quite similar in some ways, is make your marriage attractive again. So figure out what makes your marriage a fun and great place to hang out in. 
because the chances are it's not a fun place, it's not a happy place, your marriage. But you've got to make it a fun and attractive place again for your spouse to want to be there. That makes sense, doesn't it? So there are things you can do, like have some fun together. Do, so, do something that you enjoy, that you both enjoy together. And, you know, even have some laughter and, and lightness in your marriage. And when was the last time you you shared a joke or just were easy, just were easy and had some fun together and had a laugh? Have some shared goals. I mean, chances are early on in your marriage, you did have shared goals. Do you, Are there still things you want to achieve together? Start to create some shared goals. Start to think of things that are going to give your marriage purpose again. And the other thing that's going to make your marriage very attractive is to focus on the positive, not the problems. You know, don't make it a place where the only time you talk to your spouse is when you want to talk about solving your problems. I'm sure that's another thing you did early on in your marriage is you focused on the positive. You didn't talk about all your problems. You tended to overlook the problems if there indeed were any, because you probably didn't see them. You focused on the positive. So do that again and make your marriage an, a, a fun and attractive place to be where your spouse is going to want to hang out and be there. Step number seven, take the pressure off your spouse. Now, when you think about it, what is pressure? Pressure is another word for stress. Does anybody like stress? Really? No. We all spend our lives, subconsciously, wanting to get away from stress. So if you're putting pressure and stress on your spouse, you're actually going to, to push them away rather than attract them to you. Now this isn't the same, I should say, as condoning the behaviour or accepting the situation, but it's realising that putting pressure on them and focusing on all the pain and hurt you're going through due to the affair, it's just not going to help. So take the pressure off your spouse. That's step number seven. Step number eight is be prepared to forgive them. Now this is a big one as well, but if your spouse came over to you right now and said the affair was over, would you be prepared to forgive them unconditionally and move on? Or would you harbour resentment? Would you want to make them pay, for instance? And you might want to listen to podcast number 12, which is all about how to forgive your spouse for an affair. But that's very important. You've got to be prepared to forgive. And there's two more. Step number nine, keep focusing on your goal. And that means keep a positive attitude. Keep working on all of these steps with a positive expectancy that the affair is going to end. So that's step number nine. And step number ten, the last one, give it time. You know, you need to be patient. Just try all of these things, keep a positive attitude, and just keep going. You know, most people, they, in anything, they just give up just before they reach the goal. So if you decide that your marriage is worth saving, and you're going to save it, and you're going to end the affair, just keep going. Never give up, and be patient, but be aware that it may take some time to do that. So those are the ten steps, and... Obviously, I, there's absolutely no doubt an affair is extremely destructive. It's one of the, the biggest challenges a marriage is ever going to face. But I think if you just try doing some of the things I've outlined, it's very possible that you can bring your spouse back to you, which is really what you want to do. In other words, it becomes their decision to be with you. And in fact, I've often seen an affair can be, dare I say it, a positive thing for a marriage because... What, what often happens is it's the catalyst to create a stronger marriage than even existed before it happened. So expect there can be, if you like, a good side to this as well. 
So I really hope this helps and if you're in the situation where your spouse is having an affair or even if you think they're thinking about it, then I hope this has given you some tools that you can work on to bring your relationship back on track. And please, I, I want to make the point again, if you're really struggling, you really want to get things sorted once and for all, I really urge you to join my Save Your Marriage Relationship Transformation Program at liamnaden.com slash program. I think you're going to find that an extremely valuable thing to do. Thanks so much for sharing the time with me again. It's been a bit of a long one. Very, very big topic to cover. But I hope it's given you some ideas. So I look forward to helping you further and to help you achieve that great marriage you really deserve. And if you know anything about me, if you've listened to the podcast, I think a great marriage is the only one worth having. And I see it all the time. I see people doing the wrong things because they don't know the right things. And I, my mission, my passion, my, my goal is to help as many people as possible just know the right things to do and to do them. Because they're not that difficult, these things, but they just require a bit of thinking. So thanks again for listening. I hope you found this helpful and useful. I look forward to hearing from you soon. And bye for now.